You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out. This is the last episode for July, which means that I'm knocking on the door of 35, which is kind of weird if I'm being totally honest. What a strange, strange journey it has been. But anyway, I'm here with another Gear Fest episode for you. This one I've been wanting to do for a very long time, since last year at Gear Fest, actually. Today, I'm talking to Dan and Mark from Ashdown. The Good Day family have ran Ashdown for a long time, and they have a very, very interesting story that I don't think very many people know, especially on this side of the pond. So I wanted to get them both on to tell that tale, talk about manufacturing, talk about their approach to things, and just get right into it. So we sat in Mr. Mitch Gallagher's office to record this episode, so it's going to sound a little different. I was working with some unfamiliar microphones and gear and whatnot, but I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation. We really, really had a good chat, and I want to implore you to check out the Ashdown stuff. They're not as well known on this side of the pond, but they make incredible gear, and they are very, very cool people. Plus, Dan was the reason that I got to interview Shavo from System of a Down at the last Gear Fest. Really cool people, excellent gear. Let's stop talking so I can start talking. Please enjoy this conversation with Mark and Dan from Ashdown Engineering. Here we go. All right, we're here at Gear Fest. And I got mics in my face, so I can't see you as good, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm here with the, a father and son team from Ashdown. Yeah. I've been wanting to interview you guys for a long time, so Thank this you. is kind of a cool way to get to do it. And uh, we got our technical stuff sorted out, it looks like, so. That's good. Really Thanks excited. for having us. Yeah, really excited to have you guys. We have a mutual friend in uh, Mr. Joe Branton. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I think the best place would be to, like, I mean, what's the Ashdown story? I know it's deep, and I know you've been in the business for a long, long time, and now now it's a family affair. Yeah, like how I don't try to condense it to the best of your abilities, but let's uh, let's start from I'll, the I'll early go stage. Right back at the beginning, and uh, I used to well, I got asked to re-engineer a lot of the metalwork for Tracelia, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm a metal worker. I make things. Always have done design and make things. And the owner said, "Look, come and do this." So I re-engineered nearly all their metal work, redesigned everything. And then he said, man, can you come and work for me? I went, ah, you can't afford me. I was running an engineering company and earning good money. But he he, he made me a good offer and then snuck around my house and saw my wife <laughs> and said, this is, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a shock. I was like, whoa, man. Fred Fred's an absolutely lovely gentleman. He's passed away, sadly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he persuaded my wife that my future was with him and that he was going to give me earnings, shares, um, everything. It's like, and I got home. It's like, what's happening? I mean, you need to move company. So I took a pay, <laughs> I took a pay drop, got made the production director immediately, and got a crap car. I was driving around in a lovely car, and he gave me this piece of rubbish. And uh, <laughs> but there were shares, there were options, and within the first year, we'd saved so much money for him. Um, he couldn't pay me, so they gave me twenty five percent of the company okay. as, as payment. So that's how. I kind of got into it and owning part of Tracer. We built built Tracer up massively. It was fantastic. We were employing 200 staff at one stage and making everything in England, which was its demise back then to a degree to manufacture in England, not go offshore. 
and too proud, a bit like a few other companies. We said, no, we're going to make it in England. Um, but it was brilliant. It was a great time. We got to meet massive endorsees, did a lot of stuff. And uh, it, it, it helped me learn so much about the industry mm-hmm. and met a load of ant builders, a load of guys, and uh, we had an incredible factory. Um, and that was the trace days. Uh, the bright green thing's my fault. It wasn't that bright green when I took over. <laughs> um, we used to build the amps, all the early amps in the early 80s. If you open them up, left my signature because I'd inspect every single amp, test most of the amps after it had been tested by the test guys. And we have staff that work for Ashdown today that were working at Trace earlier. You know, when they were, Chris is what, 15 years ago? Uh, 15 years when he, he was, was working 16, 16 years old when he officially started yeah, working so. at Trace. He's 40, uh, 50, 54 now. Um, wow. So um, with that, I mean, yeah. and for me, um, having a unique element of, in the, I've not known anything different. I've grown up in the world of amplification. And oh, um, for me, um, it, it's been my everything. And then um, when my father left or was forced out of Trace Elliott, because he sold Trace Elliott to Command Music Corporation back in 1982, 83, 92. 92, um, sorry. And then subsequently, they decided that time was right for them to, they needed to get out of the amplification and the musical instrument world and concentrate on their K-Mac heli- helicopter at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, which Fortune was their... 500 company here, Blue, absolutely amazing company. And they closed nearly everything down. The Command Stream Company, Hamer, Ovation, everything changed. We were a big distribution company in England doing uh, Gibraltar, Tagamini, Ovation, everything. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, fire everyone. We were cash is king. Get rid of all the stock. So we did. Um and we, we we got rid of about 50 people that we'd just taken on to start this European, Central European distribution company. And it was, it's the right thing. You look at everyone today. If they if Command had stayed with that central distribution, they'd own Europe much better than prices. But they ran out of money. The helicopter company needed money. So it's like, stop. And then, of course, you kind of know what's coming. I was the most expensive person in the company. Sure. Bye. See you later. Yeah, my, my, time, my contract was up. It was 10 days to my five years of employment with uh, Command. So it was a bit, of a bit of a shock to suddenly go home, 14 years of Trace Elliott, building the company up to a, possibly, I believe, possibly the biggest base amp company in the world back then. You know, we've been 200 staff. And to, a lot of staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to go home with no job and nothing. And I had my keys back to the mortgage company going, you might as well take my house, I can't pay that. Mm-hmm. Um, and very fortunately, um, I'd, I'd been... I'd wanted to change Trace Elliott's sound. Trace Elliott was slap, pop, mids, you know, Mark King, Level 42, et cetera, mm-hmm. which is great, and it had its place. But that time was changing. Back in the uh, 90s, you coming into the 2000s, there was, a, there was a look for tone, and I'd changed some of Trace Elliott's sound, making some valve amps, making some stuff that was you know, more tonal, not slap. But Trace Elliott was known for that. You know, it was cuts, mid-throughs, slap, and thumb. Um, and uh, when they fired me, I went, right, okay, um, I'm going to do this. Um, I settled out of court with them. They paid me some money, not a lot. And um, six months gardening leave where I designed the range with some friends as well, uh, made all the prototypes, still all the original hand drawings of everything we did, and made a whole new range. I sent a picture to my Japanese distributor that I'd known for years, and they sent me a letter of credit, a reasonable sum for the first order. Anything I made, they were going to buy. Whoa. So, oh, my. So I, I owe them a lot. And then I owe... John Intersall, a shitload, because that man just came on board. Yeah, you know, send it down. So I built one one night, and Dan will remember this, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd sit behind the sofa at home watching TV and build a couple of amps and then go down to John's house. And uh, I built one two or three in the morning and uh, took it down there for him to endorse. And uh, it blew up because I'd wired it 110 volt. 
because okay. it wasn't all there. <laughs> right, so right. Drove back embarrassed. Sorry, John. But he, he was a legend. He was such a sweetheart. And uh, took one the very next day. And those two have been sold subsequently for quite a lot of money by collectors. 9th of October 1998 yeah. was the year yep. uh, and the day. Yep. It was John Edwards' birthday. And you drove down to Corwood to see John on his birthday yeah. and deliver the first stamp. And yeah. John's house, phenomenal property in the middle of uh, the Cotswolds, um, called Corwood, uh, worth Googling if you want to see a property that's completely and utterly ridiculous. This thing was the stereotypical rock, oh, rock gods property. Okay. Um, we recorded bands in there with him and uh, it's a band called Cast and yeah, a, few, a few others. Um, unbelievable music. Uh, but that, that was it. And then it carried on from there. John just used the gear. We built in some special cabinets, which then you two and other people loved the cabinets, used them on their tours. So John was a catalyst to a lot of things. Then Mark King decided he wanted to have a different game, different sound. He'd come out with a new solo album, which he wanted all tone, fingerstyle. And damn, Mark can play beautiful fingerstyle. He's not pleased, not just a slapper. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, he can play. He's got tone in those fingers. Uh, I loved it. Now Mark came on board. And then for us, our biggest success globally, to give us some image was Catatonia. Catatonia. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, in the UK, And yeah. that, that song was just on TV all the time. And she was there, and the bass player, Paul. Yeah, it was Paul. Mm-hmm. And just, we, we were on TV. Every TV channel, we had this VU meter. Mm-hmm. And the VU meter came about because, um, obviously, Tracer had the VU, the UV, ultraviolet mm-hmm. light. So we put a meter in because you need to be visible on stage. And people looked at it, and immediately it was a classic. You know, we've got a VU meter. And that was set up. You set it up to keep it clean if you want to, but please, no one worry. Overdrive the front end. It grinds up. It's beautiful. It's a total fat sound. And um, we, we called it Ashdown because Good Day's a stupid name. You know, I get, <laughs> I get, I get, I, to grow up with a name like Good Day is not easy. You know, every, everyone has to say Good Day. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, the Italians love them dearly, but we're now Marco Bongiorno and Dan Bongiorno. So, but, you know, it's just, you kind of get used to this. Uh, but to grow up with that name was tough. So we called it Ashdown, which is my wife's name. And uh, it kind of worked down engineering I was into engineering it sounds good and, and the name and we stole the badge from Austin Healy 3000 uh, that double wing badge mm-hmm. is the script the colour is Austin Healy 3000 ice metallic blue and cream so it is all stolen from Austin Healy cars Most inspired my, insp- inspired oh, no. yeah okay inspired <laughs> we're a different industry and they're, they're, they're not going to sue me today probably no um, and that was kind of the start of it everything we've done over the decades in the Trace Elite days was very much inspired from the motor industry because they're ahead of us. They have to be. Technology, materials, finish. The trace we made, this rubberized, steel-enforced, you know, indestructible amp sleeve in the Series 6 that you could drive over. And that came from uh, the, the bumper moldings on a, a 928 Porsche. Mm-hmm. There was a company doing that. And this indestructible foam rubber. Um, so we, we try and watch the motor industry in a big way um, on every level because they, they have to be first, don't they? Electric know? guitar and bass has a history of that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something cool about uh, classic cars and guitars. They work together. Um, yeah. um, everything about them is inspired, that aesthetic, that the 50s cool vibe, everything that comes from that Without needs that. to be echoed. And um, as with any musician, we, we we listen with our eyes. I know it, oh. uh, I know it yeah. sounds bizarre, yeah. but um, we really do. It it's amazing us. kind of to, to see the reaction of people that plug into a, a, an ABM head versus a Giza Butler head. They're, they're fundamentally based on the same preamp power section, yeah. but people think the Giza Butler sounds better than the ABM, even though it is... It's pretty got much. Some, it's the, got some other transformers same. in there. Give it a little no, bit. It more does, headroom. and it has more alternative options, and yeah. the compressions 
not in the same way controllable as in the Giza Butler head that it is the ABM. So there yeah. are there are differentiating factors within manufacturing. However, fundamentally, it's the same preamp yep. um, and power sector. That was the basis of everything. I I, uh, I won't say who, and I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but I know a well-known pedal maker who made an overdrive. It sounded really good. It uh, Oops, let me just throw my phone around. Uh, it sounded really good. Uh, everyone in the shop really liked it. And they were like, well, we'll sell it uh, for relatively cheap because it's not that expensive to make. Yeah. And they put a cool logo on it and nobody bought it. <laughs> nobody wanted it. Too and, cheap. And so, yeah, so he changed the name, changed the graphic, bumped the price up, sold like hotcakes. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ridiculous yeah, things that's just like, yeah, we get that all the time. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be very careful where you price point anything mm-hmm. where if you undervalue it, they ignore it. Yeah. So you, it's, but you want to give one of the things we always want to do is try and give everyone uh, a good value for Exa- money. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, and on top of that, we want to be green. We want to make our stuff last forever. Uh, designer Big Dave. I mustn't keep calling him Big Dave. Dave lost, Green. He's lost a lot of weight now. Dave Green, legend. He's been with me for 25 years now. He, mm-hmm. he designed Matt Amps. Some oranges, some high watts. Wow. He's done a lot of stuff in his time, and he's he's a legend. Um, he's just a valve guru on every front. Um, he he he's helped us out, and then Dan, poor Dan, had to come in and learn to make things. So mm-hmm. uh, he moved into the company manufacturing in the early days. But what uh, Dan's got is a is an eye for design, detail, and as you see, tech. Mm-hmm. I'm getting too old, man. I'm, this is this. Is, this <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Two but... notes on board. Yeah, give me an analog amp. But hey, it, it is an analog works. amp. But yeah, it has you know digital, I mean. features. digital features. Um, uh, it's important for me. I, I, I've had a very uh, privileged position to an extent to be able to grow up in this industry. And I, I see it as such. Uh, it's not a burden. It's not a chore. I still enjoy going to work every day. And also getting to work with my old man. I mean, over the years from growing up, um, he was traveling a lot for work. But subsequently, over the last... 21 years of working with him, I've been able to travel the world with him. And it's not many opportunities you get to travel the world with your father um, mm-hmm. in, in a working capacity. It's and a actually, pain in the ass. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it can be. And uh, as with any family business, you have moments of 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 pain and, and, and um, arguments that, that will blow up because you can. It's family. It's a different way to react. But after 21 years of working together, we've established a good working relationship. We, we trust one another in that respect, hopefully, most of the time. Yeah. Um, well, if, and- if, if Dave Green's watching this later, man, talk about arguments. If you want to sit down with a designer and try and agree something, oh, we go around in circles for days, weeks sometimes. You know, you, you, you think you've nailed it. And he'll come up with this. Then he'll come up with that. Then he'll, 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 he'll reverse everything around. And he's so intelligent, you sometimes, you've really got to sit back and figure out where he's coming from because he knows where he's coming from mm-hmm. and he has a reason to get to this point. Uh, but that's what, that's what engineering design's about. You know, you've got two or three, we won't have too many opinions because you throw too many cooks, it cooks in the pot and you, you, you'll spoil it. Definitely. You know, there was a saying I was told by old Fred who owned Tracer, you know, if you put a lot of people in a room to design the best racehorse, it'll be a camel. <laughs> you know, it's kind of that thing because the camel does everything it's fast. It does designed by committee. It yeah. never really so kind of works. Um, we kind of don't do that. We ask questions. Uh, we help support from artists. We do a lot of artist specials. Um, we get feedback from absolutely everyone, and we try and throw it in the pot, take on board where it's going in the industry, and that's where all the ABM came from. The valve amps, um, the, the, the the tone on it, the flexibility. Um, when I first made it, I took it to the base centre in Wapping, which was the base center mm-hmm. that was it that was the place to go um barry morehouse a lovely guy called nick um 
tested my first amps and loved it and everything, but they've gone, yeah, the problem is, you yeah, know, what does it do? What do you mean? Sounds good. Yeah, it kind of needs to do more than sound good, Mark. You know, today you need features. And that's why the amp went from very basic bass, middle, treble, mm-hmm. which Lee Scar loved, and me and him chatted about it many times, to an amp that ended up having a decent EQ, uh, mids that you can control more, a compressor you could switch, an octaver. The octaver was always in from day one, you know, because it's called the bass magnifier, not an amplifier. Right. I wanted to magnify what you've got, not just amplify. And the Octaver, uh, it just fattened the sound. So we always regarded ourselves as a SWR with tone or an MPEG with definition. That was the benchmark. And again, taking what you had from Tracelet Designs, the power sections, uh, a history of absolutely incredible power, back-end reliability. And it grew from that, and the ranges grew from that. I think Ashdown's fortunate that Dan throws in all the new tech and the ideas now. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, we made the first Class DM, Superfly. There wasn't anyone before us. We made the first Neodymium speaker cabinet, which was made for, again, the, the late, great Michael Rhodes. He asked me to make an amp to fit in his Porsche Boxster. It was called a Boxster, and it was Neodymium, super lightweight, 210, mm-hmm. pointing in the back of his Porsche Boxster. And that was the, the start of many firsts. The problem when you're making firsts is you kind of, breaking boundaries and it doesn't always sell you know and uh, people don't know if they want it exactly Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's kind of the point of innovation but staying on point with innovation it's it's very easy to make black box after black box after black box after black box but with with Ashdown we've always wanted to make something that is aesthetically pleasing as well as sounding good. But it's always been about the product. Um, First and foremost, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with him. If the product doesn't work and, 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 and stand up for itself within the environments and amongst its peers, it's got no hope. Um, so for us, it's product first and foremost. Um, and with the support of some of the amazing people we've worked with over the years, um, we've been very fortunate to bang that home. But and one thing you taught me growing up is it's, <coughs> it's, it's about the product. It's not about the individual that's selling the product. Um, if the product doesn't work, it... it it doesn't have 10 minutes to stand up for itself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's one of the things we'll always push forward within the brand um, is its product first and foremost. Um, uh, And I think that comes through and echoes throughout the range. You mentioned Joe Brenton. Yeah, this this guy's giving us feedback all the time. He's a character, amazing character. But, God, he knows his stuff. He Mm -hmm. does. And he can play, and he's been using that gear personally for years. His first bass amp was, uh, he went with his dad to buy and pick up his first proper bass rig, and it was a Mag 300 and a Mag 410 and a Mag 115 cabinet, a stack. And and that was Joe's first experience into Ashdown, and that was... um, uh, when was that? Uh, about about 2002-ish, wow. 2003. He gives us a lot of feedback today because he's talking to players all the time. Constantly. Period. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's become a bit of a, an advisor and uh, helping us out with their marketing as well. A, a great asset to the company. So people feeling backs everything, you know, whether it's the distributor, the retailer, the guys at Sweetwater are brilliant. They're always feeding back to us as well. We're happy. We just send us info. You know, if you've got an idea, we'll try and make it. Um, some people send us some amazing ideas that are never ever going to sell. Right, um, we, we've <laughs> you have to take everything with a pinch of salt, yeah. but um, it, yeah. it, it's also inspiring to have that feedback. We've got an um, artist right now that he asked us to design him an amp, and um, it's been going on for a year and a half. It's possibly the most expensive amp we've designed. Period. Will we ever sell any? Probably I don't a know. few. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, <laughs> yeah, and it's driven 
Dave Green insane. It's driven me insane. Dan, Dan's even more upset that it's not finished because mm-hmm. it just got very technical. It is pretty much finished. I've just got to yeah. change a couple of the, the aesthetics. The, the, um, the band's tech came over as well and uh, brilliant guy. And we, we hope it comes off, but it, it's really, it does everything this person wants, everything, which you'd normally do with lots of little add-ons. It's all in one box. And because it's all in one box, the signal pass is better. Some of the things work better than they would as lots, lots of little separates. Mm-hmm. If it if it actually gets made, which you know it it's, it's not going to be cheap, um, it'll be very intriguing to see what happens because you're either going to go, damn, I need that, and it's a lot of money, but it it does everything because this guy does know his stuff. The, the bass player is just truly incredible. Um, but if it doesn't, it's it's it, it, we tried, right. you know, and that's that's part of the game. And what you do from all that is we'll learn facets of other points that might come out in other products. They might come out of pedal. It might come out in a cheaper product down the line. I suppose like Formula One in the car industry, they lead what you get in your motor at normal daily mm-hmm. car because of the recharging batteries. It's the same sort of thing. Using a, a, an extreme artist like this, and I will say he's extreme, it, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal, um, painful, expensive to do, uh, but you've got to do it because we're learning every second from that every day. And though Dave Green kind of knows everything, because he's a genius. Well, Dave Green thinks he knows everything. It's brilliant. But Dave's not a musician. No. So communicating, okay. um, uh, yeah. he relies upon our input and the artist's input to get a product that's workable. So we'll come up with a, a drawing and a sketch, and then we'll sit down on the feasibility together as to what can be achieved. Mm-hmm. And then we'll argue some more, and then we'll actually get a product that works, and then we'll argue a bit more, and then have another revision of that same product. Um, <laughs> but it's a process that yeah. we, the, we we continue to to build on and, and work with. We love developing gear. Um, we have to remain consistent in terms of the product offering in this day and age. People don't want change as much as they once did. Um, uh, we need consistency amongst the branding, the product and everything else that goes with it. And um, the way of being able to sell has changed. Um, distributors are a lot more wary about what they stock because we don't go direct to market. We don't sell to Sweetwater directly as such. We, we sell to a, yeah. to a distributor who then sells and markets the product for their area. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for Ashdown over the years, we've not had a consistent um, line of distribution here in the US. So yeah. for us at the moment, the US is our biggest growth market, but it's also our biggest growth potential. Yeah. Um, we're, we're scratching the surface in terms of the US, but we have the support of some of the biggest US bands in the world you've ever been able to produce from from the Foo Fighters to um, Alter Bridge to Dream Theatre to yeah, um, Death Cab to QT. To, and considering to, we don't even have an artist relations person in America. Right. It's, it's, this is, this yeah, is done by the, the team of eight like people yeah. within Ashdown. That's it. Um, solely manufacturing myself, my father, Chris Bates, who handles sales, Georgina Tantwell-Lowe, who handles everything else that we, we don't want to do. Dave, and then Joe wife, Brampton, Joe, Guy, Dave, Guy, and Joe. And, and that's it. Um, so we are. Uh, my mum still takes care of the accounts. Um, yep. mm-hmm. She holds the purse strings, as is, as is the we most ship, important. We still shipped 28,000 units last year. So, yeah, we're doing all right. And we make a lot in England. All the big values. Valve amps, all the big ABMs, 
Um, we still make custom cabinets. We just did a massive rig for youth of Killing Joke. Um, he wanted something custom to go back to their 30th anniversary. So we built in that. And that's, part, again, another experience. We learn all the time. And, and with Guy Pratt, um, of, of um, Guy replaced Roger Walters in Pink Floyd for the Division Bell tour originally after working with various different bands. And um, subsequently, Guy's gone on to be a, a great ambassador for our products. And, I mean, Guy came over on Monday before we flew out here just for an hour or two, driving up from Brighton to just have a cup of coffee and a catch-up. We yeah. built him a signature head called the Interstellar 600, which is inspired by the old WEM gear, but it's a effectively an ABM in a in a new uh, fresh box and style um, to match what he's doing with the Saucer Full of Secrets yeah. currently mm-hmm. and that aesthetic um, replicating yeah. all of that early Pink Floyd um, for two, me that two, was the so, two columns are oh the column cabinets as well you, the 3 by 10s check out the 3 by 10 because when you think you've got something that takes up that much 10 inch floor space that's basically performs like a 410 and it's high up portable little wheels this cabinet i think should be on every jazz club stage in the world because it projects it's tight it's got everything but inspired Uh, by the columns of old those old pa columns Mm -hmm. um and even watching today like the beatles help documentary on disney i was never a huge beatles fan um i have to admit Um, but watching the documentary i really fell in love with the way that that was all conceived, um, and also the equipment they used at the time within the studio. Seeing oh, yeah. the old yeah. Fender columns and everything else, it was um, it was inspirational to have something that was vintage but cool. And we've just launched the studio mini rig, which is it's a it's a mini rig, but not in the way others tend to do mini rigs that are just toys that can sit in the living room. This thing's two hundred and fifty watt solid state can be perfectly giggable across wow. the world. Um, Four-ohm cabinet that comes with it, with it, two by tens and vintagely styled. But it's got all the features that any sort of modern touring bass player could need or, mm-hmm. or beginning bass player. You've got a headphone output, you've got a DI output um, and a switchable drive, a five-band EQ. It's a phenomenal product. Um, and again, going back to the repairability, you mentioned it earlier. Um, with all of our products, we try to design uh, for a design life of over 20 years to ensure that the products themselves can be repairable down to a component level. Now, that's not always achievable in some electronics goods, but the majority of our amplifiers, it yeah. is. Um, yeah, we, we, we've won a few uh, battles with the UK government that uh, our product won't end up in landfill because in the UK, you have to pay for recycling. So every time you put into the marketplace, the UK government charge you for recycling it. And it's like, it's expensive. Well, we yeah. managed to win against the government that our product, we can prove without any doubt, 25 years, it's still workable. It won't be in landfill. So they've let us off all our UK-made high-end products. We don't have to pay the charge for uh, recyclability. This I don't know whether this will have, ever happen in America, but in England, it's a huge cost. And the whole of Europe, you have to pay for recycling now. So all your trash... All the rubbish you put, we have to pay for. So the answer is to make our products last. The companies have to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. As a, as a manufacturer, yeah. we have a responsibility um, to ensure that our products don't end up in landfill um, yeah. now. Um, and it's a big design ethic for us at the moment is yeah. to ensure that everything's designed to, to Trying to get purpose. rid of plastics, trying to do the whole thing. Again, very hard, very expensive. Trying to do the right thing costs more as a rule. Hi. I'm Vincent, and I'm here to talk about the Maris Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. 
He said something about a 4,800 hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations in 33 banks and something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at Maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my talkie? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services. And it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than two bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the Gear Exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. Hello there. I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase Bliss Audio Lossy. Lossy is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Goodhertz. It's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with very compressed audio. You're hearing it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from my plane dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. If you'd like some more details about Lossing, I invite you to head over to chaseblissaudio.com. I think you're going to like what you find.
And uh, if we're finding that in, in everything we do, it doesn't doesn't matter what country you build them in. You know, trying to make them green and you know correct is tough. Even the woods, uh, it's trying to buy them. As as the guitar industry, everyone's trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we're pushing that. We've even got our own buyer tree. And uh, into the Scottish uh, Highlands, and uh, we put so that offset into, your carbon emissions. Yeah, you can now there's that. an Ashdown Forest effectively that you yeah. can buy your own tree, and to offset any carbon emissions that we might have done. And we're trying to we're going to be pushing that in a big way in the coming weeks. It's only just been set up, yeah. Um, but you can uh, plant your own tree on behalf of Ashdown and and offset any emissions that you think as a as a musician you might have caused the world um, from one tree to, to, to 20 trees. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're trying everything we can to try and be as green as we can, but very different. You know, you drop test in a cabinet and uh, you can drop it from the back of a UPS truck and, or higher, and you're going to have to have some foam in there to protect it somehow. And that's, how, how do you get rid of that? That's the We've looked at mushroom part. foam, <clears throat> we've looked at all sorts of different sort of um, it's non-stop. organic materials that can be used mm-hmm. for packaging. Um, unfortunately, with mushroom foam, it tends to cause mold issues depending yeah, upon I was going to ask about that yeah mm-hmm. um, depending upon the package so like it, divide, it goes against the grain when you start putting a plastic bag yeah. inside a product that's then got mushroom foam corners um, <laughs> so we've got rid of most of um, plastic bags we've got the other they're linen. all cotton it's so hard cotton linen guys, bags so, uh, now I feel sorry for everyone in our game because you've got to transport it and it's got to stay in one piece when it gets there and it, you don't want damp and condensation a lot of this stuff goes on trucks shipments it's overnight You've got to allow for heat in some countries, cold in other countries, damp in other humidity. Mm-hmm. And everything so, gets tested. I mean, the, the yeah. test facility that we have at the factory is phenomenal. Everything's tested down to like minus 30 degrees and up to plus or minus 30, whatever that is in um, yeah. uh, Fahrenheit or Celsius. I'm, I'm really yeah, not yes. sure. Um, it's tested to um, serious conditions. And yeah, vi- extremes. And vibration tested. You know, everything has to be tested correctly. And uh, and then people, people underestimate the cost of making a product today. You've got approvals, you've got Bluetooth licenses, you've got FCC, um, you've got magnets, you've got everything, even shipping sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Rojas, lead stuff, oh, all the kind exactly. everything. Yeah. yeah. And you, you have to have it all certified. And uh, most products today, every single little unit can cost 10000 to get approvals. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So anytime you design something, you've really got to think about this. And someone says, hey, I've got this new part put in. You're going, whoa. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a reapproval. That's a, re, That's uh, a, huge a redesign. Cost. Yeah. Um, so and uh, even people always say, you know, even when you want to name a new product, one of our problems is we used to launch products because we love designing things. So we come out with a new product every two years. So we've been told off our customers, the retailers, the distributors, stop. You know, it's too much, and we relaunch. So now most of our products, it's eight to ten years before we update them because it's just it's too much for people. It's also too much cost and moving inventory through, clearing stocks. It's a nightmare. So, you know, we've taken a, eight years is the max we'll let it go to. The odd high-end product can last 10. A big valve amp, you won't change it. There's no need to. Look at Ampeg and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. <clears throat> but the downside of not updating is you guys got nothing to say to talk about. You've got no <laughs> new product. There's no, no press. You can't do PR. You can't get videos because it's the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a whole cycle that we've got. We've got, say, five product ranges, and we're trying to cycle them that something in a range or a range is updated every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to be prepared for the cost of that and the marketing of that and the support. But if you don't do it, the world, don't, you, you kind of disappear. Yeah. That's the thing. That's a, that's Staying relevant in this industry is very difficult, and I think it's more difficult now than it ever has been. There's so much 
noise. And that's for the consumers. It's kind of, it, I can see how it's a, a good thing and a bad thing because they've got the, a wider variety yeah. to select from than ever. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, from the other side of it, staying on top of all that, trying well, to remind everyone that like you even exist, yeah, you know, absolutely, is difficult to do. Yeah, there'll be so much. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to keep on top of it. And unless you, you're being seen, you're not going to be bought. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a lot of work for everyone involved. So we've, we've slowed down. It's, we've got too many ideas, we've got too many products. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we've focused that recently yeah. and being able to categorize the line accordingly. Um, and everything's designed um, to... to, to, to to serve a purpose. We, yeah. We're not just making toys. They're tools. Um, they're, uh, even today, when we were launching, we've got this little CTM15. It's a 15-watt tube amp. We, we did it previously, but we've updated it. It's got an onboard load, so you don't need ah, to connect it to a speaker cover. Very nice. Headphone output. Great, a valve-derived cool, yeah. balanced DI output. Mm-hmm. So, it, effectively, it's a desktop tube amp. Which yeah. no one's ever done before. That for sounds awesome, mm-hmm. and it really the tone's is ridiculous. Um, we had a young young guy playing just now from yeah. Sweetwater, and he nailed it. He's just like, oh damn! I just I, you turn around, that was John Entwistle. Yeah, you, know, you could hear the whole the 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 overdrive, the bass, everything. This little tiny fifteen watt amp into a, but you play it in an eight ten. You do a gig with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but straight into a DAW on the desk. You yeah. don't need it plugged into a load. You no. don't need to make noise to get tone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a it's great, great little product. Price. It's not a digitally emulated bass amp. Oh, it's, a, it's a it's a tube amp. That's what the guy earlier was saying, wasn't he? He yeah. said, wow, we've tried lots of other amps, but this just does it, you know, and pedals and people that say they do it. And but again, trying to, to be, be trying to um, save money, save cost, but pass those costs down to the consumer um, is the key factor because... Um, I don't know. Some people tend to to make products and just put a price tag on it and hope for the best. Um, we we try to ensure that those cost savings, if we're able to make any, are passed down to the consumer. Um, we run a fairly straight kind of open book with most of our customers around the world, and you're seeing a lot of these products that are on the market today using the same generic. Um, power module that's used in many bass amplifiers it's an ice module Mm -hmm. we use it in our digital products because it's a go-to one there's also other brands within our space that use it in all of their products but charge 30 to 40 percent more than we are there's a big difference because we're so small we can also operate on lower overheads and lower costs and we we don't have a ridiculous lifestyle and we don't spend stupid money we invest back in the company and that is the great thing we can react we can run on lower margins a lot of people and deliver a lot faster than many people so it's nice being small it has its downsides because when things are tough they're very tough and your whole family suffers you know mm-hmm. we've been through some bad times we had a fire many years ago not in our building but a supplier and um i had to sell my house to fund it it's like you know, nearly put me out of business mm-hmm. and people miss that from a real small company yeah um that was a there was a disaster for the supplier he wasn't properly insured we were reasonably insured but all our inventory in his building we thought he was covered. Oh, no. No. Oh, jeez. So you know, I can't take him to court. He's, he's a friend. He's done business with me. I wanted to take him to court. Well, and how much money does he have, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> he, he like, would, what are you going to get point? Yeah. He, was, he was doing all he could to survive the fire as well. Mm-hmm. The fire hurt him uh, as much as us. And we learned some lessons from that on the insurances. And, and then two years later, we employed an, account, an accountant <laughs> yeah. that then decided um, that instead of paying the suppliers... He'd pay himself. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what he was doing, he was um, basically paying himself. So he was signing off on the accounts against the, 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 supplier, the supplier because he mm-hmm. was the only person being chased for money. Yeah. He was dealing with the suppliers. Sure. So 
he was putting that money into his bank account. We get a phone call one day from one of our major woodwork suppliers saying, um, Can you pay could this? you pay this? Yeah. Oh, going to our accounting software. We paid it last week. Look into the bank account. That's not your bank account. No, we had to track him down. He had four or five accounts. So it, it was very clear. Wow. He went to jail. He um, served 18 yeah. months, but stole 70 grand yeah. from us in a six-month period. So um, they're the, the funds of being a small company because those sort of numbers put you out of business. That's you know. that's that's so terrifying to oh, me because right, right now we don't have uh, at Stringjoy we don't have anyone in our books and we're, we've long thought at some point yeah we're gonna need to and yeah. now you're just yeah. terrifying yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 I mean it's yeah. trust it's putting you, trust in you've, people and you've got mm-hmm. to I mean why that's why mum takes care of the accounts the yeah. you know? mm-hmm. any money that goes out of our building one person's in control of it it's not and the accountant right. and we trusted him implicitly he was a lovely guy we helped his family we let his kids come and work to earn some money we did everything with this guy he was an absolute psychopath very very clever man uh, my bank manager loved him thought the sun shined out of his backside <laughs> everyone loved him you know we had tears in the office when everyone realised Chris yeah, you know, it was just the shock of this guy who was six months with us stealing from us all the time mm-hmm. was from from the week he started, he was part of the family, and and he did, he destroyed us, you know, nearly. Anyway, the joys of owning your own company, guys. <laughs> it is worth it. It, it is. is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. There, there's, nothing's as easy as it seems. Everyone thinks you've got a great time and you're doing all this. It is, but it's business and things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, same as when people, you know, why don't you change factory, move somewhere cheaper? You just don't want to change factory. The 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 problems <laughs> in relating to these. We're like, oh, we we're going to have to move. Fortunately, we don't have to move for a couple of years. But yeah. I thought I was going to be moving this summer yeah. the Nashville shop, and that was going to suck. Oh, man. Oh, everything yeah. goes no. wrong, you know? And uh, especially if you were, say, moving a foreign factory, say, in China to another factory. Yet I, I spent months and months back in China teaching them how to glue a cabinet, teaching them how to sand a cabinet. I mean, literally, you, you know, and you go back a week later and they'd forgotten. It's a lot different today. I mean, the whole of Indonesia, China, Korea, the manufacturing has stepped up. I've been doing it out there for 25, 30 years, um, and I did have to teach them how to do everything. But today, um, but if you move factory, they've got to learn your quality controls, your systems, mm-hmm. your testing, and you know it's not going to work straight away. There's nothing you can do to absolutely guarantee that move. And the factory in China we're with, uh, they're, they're family business. He's been with us for 20 years now. And lovely, they believe that we've made their company what it is today, and they make a lot of product today. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a family. Um, people kind of miss that. They kind of look at Indonesia and China, yeah, mass production, nothing. But they're all families. And that was all handmade. Yeah. I mean, we don't have robots making amps. No. Um, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> oh, we, we have auto-insertion machines uh, for some PCBs, yeah. uh, but everything else is hand handmade. And um, we're not mass volume. So that's no. not, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we, we don't say, let's buy a 1,000 of them, 300 of those. You know, we're going to make 20 off, 50 off, 100 off maximum. So we don't make mass numbers. No and one. with the UK stuff, we build to order uh, yeah, in the UK. So everything's done in that sense. Um, we, uh, we, yeah. Um, we'll make 10 off valvams at a time. That's it. You know, we'll make mm-hmm. 10 of that, 10 of that. <clears throat> um, we'll run the parts, keep it going, and uh, we'll just build them. And nearly always to order. We don't carry finished goods in stock. Mm-hmm. So, but the parts are there. And yeah, we yeah you, know, you can turn a lamp around in a couple of days. You know, so an artist rings up. Same as if an artist rings up, say, can I have a different color panel? Can I have a different <laughs> valve sound? Yeah, can you put different tubes in? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tend to stick to the the core product. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it's all about the product. And fortunately, when we came to market in '97 with the ABM, it was unique. And today, 
that ABM is fundamentally the same as it was yep. then. Um, it hasn't changed dramatically. Uh, it's still got the same features. It's still got the same core tone that we've kind of still got the same transformers, to. same yep. UK transformer makers, same parts, same components. You got to keep consistency. You know, we keep trying to update it. It gets a little tweak. But you can't do anything major to your core product. It's it is what it is. Especially not in this business. People no. don't, don't don't like that. No, definitely once, it, once you've gotten a thing, they yeah. want that thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I feel that way about certain things too. Like I, yeah. it can be a bit stifling at times creatively. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. And completely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep looking at the drawing board and thinking, what could we do here? Mm-hmm. And then it's just a case of it, it's still selling. Uh, people still like it. People are still only just hearing about it. Um, mm-hmm. That's the shock. Uh, and like with really? us uh, being having the the inconsistent distribution, the inconsistent rep- re- representation here, um, we're finding today that people still haven't heard of Ashdown in the USA. Yeah, that's, that's, that's um, a hell of a shock. When a bass uh, player say never never heard of your company, and you go, oh, we're twenty eight years old, nearly. You know, it's like wow, and that that's the size of the problem in America. America is so big. And um, it gives and, me some perspective because we've been around almost, almost 10 years and we're just now getting to the point where people have heard of us. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It does. It does take time. Um, and we've never the... been in Guitar Center. So mm-hmm. you've got 300 stores across America that we've never been represented in. Um, yeah. And we were on some of the biggest tours in the world from U2 to Black Sabbath to the Foo Fighters. Nate's used our equipment since 20. Buying an ABM 600 from Base Northwest in Seattle, in Evan, um, uh, from Evan in, in, in Base Northwest in yeah. Seattle in 2001. And subsequently, Nate's used Ashdown ever since. Um, it's been on every Foo Fighter tour subsequently. And we're very fortunate for yeah. those relationships, but it doesn't matter. They still don't know who, who we are. That's mm-hmm. um, tough, isn't it? You it's know? very tough. And, yeah. and, and to get into a guitar center store, you know, we're not an American company. So you're kind of American products, I understand, completely come mm-hmm. first. But with um, the fine folk here at Sweetwater, um, yeah, they've, they, they've represented the brand. They got the story. They got the whole yeah. family ethic, that whole um, strive to innovate and and deliver in the, terms the of the products we do. Mm-hmm. Well, six six okay. years now with the guys here, and they've been growing the brand significantly yeah. throughout the US. And it's one place that we'll continue to focus our efforts in terms of growth opportunity um, and support. The yeah. guys do an incredible job here at yeah. uh, building brands and establishing relationships with brands and growing them together. But we do um, want to get into a lot more US stores. So, you know, I'm happy to walk around the country and pop in and see people. And, yeah, and, the independence and is so important. Yeah, Chicago, uh, in the UK, exchange, it's... Chicago, I, mean, I love to be in there. You know, great people. Mm-hmm. We but were. we're going to have to, we're going to have to go and, you know, spend some time and, and, uh, and get it going and keep them happy. So it's, there's so many stores in America that uh, we, we, we could do with being in. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, crazy to think about. I don't know what the exact number is. I don't think anybody really does. Yeah. But it's like somewhere around like 4,000 stores. Yeah. yeah. Which is bananas. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering yeah. in the and UK, there's probably it? about 150. And today, um, no one can afford to travel because fuel is so expensive to travel, mm-hmm. running cars. So the salespeople aren't on the road like they used to be. When I was a kid here, you know, in the trade days, you'd get on the road and the reps would drive around with products in cars. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID killed that even more, of course. Yeah. Even less reason. Now we can do it on FaceTime. You can't hear the amp in FaceTime. You know, you can't feel We can produce point. some wonderful videos yeah. and content. But Which we all do today. Seeing mm-hmm. and feeling, as with our industry, it's about being able to pick up that guitar, that amp, Plug it in, Checking get a feel for it, 
Um, it's all well and good buying five or six online and then picking the best one and sending the other four back. Yeah. It, it, I get it. Um, but going into a guitar store, having someone that's got a knowledge for yeah. their interests sell you something... I don't know. To call me old-fashioned, but I like being sold something um, with with someone that knows what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, That's why I remain optimistic for the future of guitar retail, even though I'm kind of bearish on retail in general, especially yeah. big box retail, yeah. um, is because guitar stores are an experience and Sweetwater is 100%. absolutely the best yeah. at bringing that to yeah. the online non-physical yeah, yeah, yeah. world absolutely. no one else does it like they do yeah. but as far as a real store that you can go into I think that we as humans will always crave experiences yep. and yep. as long as that's an enjoyable experience to go do which it will always yeah. be yep. then I, I think guitar stores are, are around to stay I think it's going to be more and more challenging I think they're yep. going to have to get be more than um because I've heard some people call them more than just shelves. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to become experience. They need to become an experience. They need yeah. to become places that yeah. draw in the customers, yeah. Yeah. not the brands pushing the customers. I mean, both need to happen. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's for the longest time, some stores have treated brands as the only thing that gets people in the door. The store yeah. itself needs like Chicago so Music Exchange. Yeah. If I go to Chicago, I guarantee you, you I'm going, going to Chicago Music Absolutely. Exchange. Yeah, yeah, I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah. You can't not. You yeah. have to go yeah. there. And I, why? Because they've done a good job yeah. at making it a destination. Yeah, and there's stores like that all yeah. around the oh, world. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We're fortunate to be in a lot around the world, but uh, mm-hmm. America's been the hard one for us, mm-hmm. and that's where we need to get out and see a lot of people. Well, fortunately, about. Eighty-seven uh, percent of the listeners of this podcast are in the U.S. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> it, it's the right uh, area for us to be hitting. Yeah, and thank, Blake, thank you very much for uh, taking the opportunity. And, it means yeah. a lot. Um, we, we again, as you know, we're tiny, so we, we're out there to try and grow us here in America and support it. Well, I think what you guys are doing is really cool, and the story's really cool, and that's thank why you. I wanted to get you guys on oh, here man. to talk about it because I knew this is the type of thing that people would eat up. So, yeah, thank uh, you. we can tell you so many stories about. Failures in bass guitar design, success in bass guitar design, guitar amps. We try everything, man. It's great fun. Oh, it's we, a challenge. We like to design for others and innovate for others oh, we as have, well. Yeah, um, there are products out there that we've designed that you won't know we designed for. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, stuff we can't mention. Um, yeah. but, um, so, we'll turn stuff, the mics off. We'll yeah, yeah, stuff we've been paid for. That, that <laughs> yeah, is, we've been paid. Yeah, it's, it's great having a team that can do these things quickly mm-hmm. and, uh, and the experience and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Very lucky people. And again, thank you. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Appreciate it. Well, you guys are welcome back on anytime. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll try and do something. Um, I know we've been trying to coordinate something from the UK for the last 12 months since <laughs> we were here last time. Um, uh, and love to be able to do something. And if you're ever in England or anything like that, or find your way over, um, let us know. We'd love we'll to have you, you by um, cool. and have you around, um, make you a cup of tea. Absolutely. Uh, and um, he drinks tea. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even I don't drink tea. He lives. I, I like tea. Oh yeah. man, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struggling here today. Cappuccino. She's out, and I'm I'm dying. I need a cappuccino. <laughs> Great yeah. stuff, man. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much, thank and I uh, hope you have a good rest of the show. Thank yeah, you very much. Sure we will. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Cheers, Blake. Cheers, Blake. Yeah. For Mark and Dan, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Alrighty, folks, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please, please, please make sure you check out the Ashdown stuff. Please drop some reviews on this podcast if you enjoyed that conversation. And please share this with somebody that you think might get something out of it. Without you, this show literally doesn't exist. I know I say it every week, but please share this around. I would really, really appreciate it. And I would also appreciate it if you would like 
to get more conversations. If you enjoyed this enough that this really does something for you and you want to support the show for five bucks a month, you can go over to Patreon and support the show and get bonus content. There are some sneak peek gear fest episodes over there. There are extended conversations with, with the regular guests. It is a lot of bonus content. So if you've been thinking, I really like this show and I'd like to keep it going, that is a great way to do so. Also, if you can't do that, I totally understand. But like I said earlier, if you can amplify the signal, if you can get this out to more people, that would help immensely. So please share this episode, talk about it on the interwebs, talk about it in real life. It would seriously mean the world to me. So thank you all so much to everyone that has done that. Thank you to everyone who supports the show. And I will talk to you on the internet very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.